It seems like everybody's returning to WWE this week. Plus, Brock Lesnar ruins the Royal Rumble. We'll discuss all that and more this week on The Main Event. gentlemen welcome to the main event wrestling podcast i'm your host nick morgan and once again joined by my fabulous co-host for the first time in this decade lawson robinson the third lawson i'm so glad you're back and you're healthy i'm in here yeah uh sinus infections couldn't keep me out for too long so i'm back up in here i missed you last week having to go solo and i and i had told the people that i think wwe got off a little easy with you not being there oh last man week, yeah i don't think i was nearly as harsh on them as you would have been <laughs> it was a uh, quite the week in wrestling they they might be in for it this week though yeah that's for sure uh that's before fair. we get into what happened this week though i wanted to bring up um you were also at the friday night smackdown that was in detroit uh great. it would be two weeks ago now yeah i just wanted to say what was your experience like um, there a really good show i think the my biggest takeaway and maybe you'd be in agreement i'm not sure um the fiend is so over Right. Like, oh, yeah. I, I guess you know that – and, like, maybe that sounds silly, but when you – it's so different to experience something in person versus on the television. And just in person, the the raw reaction, you know, overwhelming, right? I mean, yeah. I think everyone was just so excited to see him. And it's pretty crazy, as, as you sort of said uh, in our, you know, year in review, to think about where Bray Wyatt's at right now, man. And he is the star of the show on – on SmackDown, which is like a multi-million dollar product now, right? Like this is on the local channel of everyone to watch, and he is the top guy. It's crazy. They are all in. They are all in on Bray Wyatt. Um, yeah, I just talked about, you know, it was. A, I thought it was a lot of fun. Good show. Um, you know, we finally got that main event that, that was promised, the triple threat. For sure. I told him I wasn't really a fan of necessarily the dragging it out. So, like, That's fair. The first segment, fine, but doing it a second time, I think, kind of annoyed me a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I was glad that we got the match, and I thought it delivered at the end. Especially when you planned on doing the New Year's match at the end with Roman Reigns, right? I mean, he mm-hmm. came out a total of four or five times almost, <laughs> you know, oversaturation. I mean, Daniel Ryan did the funny thing, though. When he came out for the third time, he like yeah. looked at the crowd and was like, one more time, we'll yep. do this. That yeah. was, he that was, was great, fun. too, by the way, Daniel Bryan. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about this week's SmackDown. The yeah. first SmackDown of 2020. Um, there is, I would like to call it the, uh, the night of returns, three yeah. separate returns. And, oh um, let's talk about the first, the first return. So we opened the show with a women's tag match. Not much happened there. Um, besides Dana Brooke pinning Sasha Banks, which to me was kind of crazy. And, and, and also it was a pretty, um, stiff, like senton she took. Yeah, like, for sure. No joke. Dana just plopped onto her so yeah. i'm glad it looks like sasha was okay but not much to talk about there in terms of story however so the next match we got was chad gable versus dash wilder which yep. you don't see the revival in singles action very often no i liked it though actually uh i can't lie really yeah i thought it was a fine match i thought yeah i thought the match itself was fine but it's what happened after that everybody's yeah, talking about right. because gable picked up the win over dash with the ankle lock afterwards the revival beating him down and you're wondering, okay, is somebody going to come out and save him? Could it be, you know, Mustafa Ali, who's had an established relationship with him? Could it be the New Day, who's had problems with the revival? It was Sheamus. Yeah. So Sheamus was coming down. We've seen his vignettes the past couple weeks. And immediately my mind went, I went, uh-oh, what if he's going to attack 
Gable. Yeah, right. In his promo packages, he talked about SmackDown had gotten soft. And I remember in one of them specifically, I think he had mentioned people named Shorty or whatever. Or yeah. people were short. But then he, so he gets <laughs> in the ring and the revival run away. And I go, yeah. oh, well, maybe he is saving Gable. Nope. Turns around. Bro kick to the face of Chad Gable. We have heel Sheamus. Uh, what did you think of his return? I don't know if it makes sense. When you bring someone back from injury, I feel like they're naturally going to be over as a face just because fans are excited to see them, right? Yeah. And it's it's weird. And I think you brought this up before on the podcast, but you know, SmackDown is a little thin on the babyface side, and I feel like Sheamus could have been a good player, especially with, as we'll get into later, the Miz turning heel. Right. So it's it's a choice. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'll I'm, give him a I'm chance. I'm happy to have him back. I yeah, mean, he's great, dude. I love Sheamus. Obviously, his first few looks like it's going to be with Gable, and you got to believe Sheamus will be going over in that one. Sheamus. Um, and I, I had thought with the way the video packages had been working, I, I had said to myself going into the show, so Sheamus is probably either showing up tonight or if he doesn't, probably not till the Rumble, just based on yeah, how they were doing things. That's fair. So the Sheamus return, we got it tonight, so we get a couple weeks of him on SmackDown before the Rumble. And... um. I thought it was an effective segment. It made the match more worth it to watch. Yeah, I agree. And then we get to my favorite segment of the night. Okay. And that was the Kofi Miz segment. Right. So earlier in the night, actually at the very top of the show, the Miz had a little backstage segment with Daniel Bryan. He did. About how, you know, he wanted to be the one to fight the Fiend at the Royal Rumble. Like, he wanted to avenge what happened to his family, but he didn't win the triple threat. No, he did not. So he told Daniel, beat the Fiend at the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. But then later in the night, Miz, still not in a great mood, runs into the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, The New Day, uh, with their 2020 pancakes, which I thought was funny. Yeah, And first, first of all, this segment was just funny. You know, Biggie saying he was watching the balls drop on New Year's, yeah. New Year's Eve, and <laughs> Kofi was like, it's only one. What were you watching? He's like, yeah. I don't know. Biggie's a fool. Uh, that, that segment overall. But then um, Biggie bringing up a list that I had saw online, which was very interesting, that the Miz and Kofi had won the most championships over the decade. I didn't know that. Yeah, they were tied um, for the most championships won. In fact, let me pull it up right here. I have the list right here. They both, yeah, they tied for first with Seth Rollins and John Cena in a tie for third right below them. Um, Wow. Yeah, so they had, they between tag teams, United States Intercontinental. Yeah, they won the most championships this year. So, you know, Biggie brought that up, and they're talking about they were trying to cheer Miz up because Miz was in a bad mood. Um, but it led to Miz, you know, he's showing his frustration, and he knocked the pancakes down, which you know is a trigger for the new day. Couldn't believe it. And then he challenged Kofi to a match later in the night, which we got. Right. Uh, not a very long match, but Kofi picked up the victory via roll up, and then we got the moment that I have been asking for for a little while now. We got the Miz heel turn. Miz blasting Kofi from behind, beating him down after losing. Big E chases him off. And then as the crowd's chanting, you suck at the Miz, Miz stands at the top of the ramp and says, after all I've done for you guys. Yeah. Uh, What did you think of the heel turn? Because I was a big fan of it. Yeah, I actually thought it was executed quite well. Um, You know, something else was not executed well, which we'll get into in a second, I think. But I thought that this was really good. And again, it goes back to the idea that the Fiend is a character that can you know, maybe not change people, but can influence someone, right? And can maybe bring out the bad side of them. And you saw the Miz obviously getting down on that way, and we'll, we'll see where he goes next. Well, they are saying, like, on commentary that The Fiend changes people. And I think it's funny because I think we brought that up yeah. as a possible thing on right. the podcast before they Fantasy actually started making it a thing. Yeah. So I'm I'm really happy with it. In fact, 
back about a month ago, I pitched for this to happen, for the Miz to take Daniel's spot at TLC, lose, and then get changed by it. So I'm, I'm right. very pumped. Now, I was wondering where they were going to go with it. And they maybe have tipped their hand a little bit because we get to a backstage segment after oh, that segment. Man. Kathy Kelly, who's awesome, knocks on the door of the Miz. But it's not the Miz that answers the door. Oh, it's not. It was John Morrison. Yeah. Uh, John Morrison, who's used to be tag team partners with The Miz way back in the day, says, you know, The Miz isn't taking any uh, questions right now. And, and that was that. Ridiculous. It sounds like you and I feel the same dude, way about this. I mean, it, it, and the craziest part is that they already dropped the ball, right? Like, in my opinion, I get the idea that they want to turn this all into sports, right? And it has to, you know, you have to have backstage and you make these announcements. And that's great, but like... When you sign someone like Morrison, why not just keep it a secret, right? Like, and then have him come out at the Rumble, but to announce it on on backstage, and then you turn around and he's this is how you bring him back on television. Like, I, maybe I'm overrating John Morrison, but I think that he can legitimately wrestle, and like, is yeah. he's I think he is now in a place where he's better than he's ever been before, sure. at least yeah. in, in terms of his career, and it's like. This is how you used him, man. I mean, I I totally agree. I felt the the return itself was very underwhelming. Yeah. And um I, I was disappointed by that. Now, I I don't have a problem with them announcing that they signed him. Yeah, that that's fine. Fair. That one doesn't bother me as long as they brought him back in an entertaining and cool way. Like I still think him coming out at the rumble, you still would have gotten a really good pop. For yeah. that, because he still hadn't showed up on any like actual programming. For but, sure, because I'm not going to count the bump as yeah, you know he bump. hasn't showed up on Raw or SmackDown or NXT or anything. Um, but this it did feel very underwhelming the way they did it, and they did announce that um, tomorrow night on SmackDown he's going to be the guest on Miz TV. Yeah, so I guess that'll be cool. Now, what I was saying though about them tipping their hand where they might be going to me that indicates could we get Miz and Morrison versus the New Day? I mean, of course. I mean, they kind of started yeah. maybe a feud between them. There's no doubt that he's going to be involved with the Miz somehow. Aren't right. they? I'm pretty sure that they're real life friends. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and I guess in my what my mind goes to is whether it happens at the Rumble or the following month at Elimination Chamber, you get a little feud between these guys. Not Morrison being a heel necessarily, Miz showing heel tendencies, but but not maybe full like turning Morrison or anything. I say in my mind, you don't have them beat the New Day. And that causes Miz to turn on Morrison. Because I think making hmm. John Morrison into a heel would be a mistake. I mean, you literally just talked yeah, about people coming back and, and they're going to be popular. That's making a them a heel, point. making him a heel would be, I think, a mistake. And yeah. I think you could get a possible Miz-Morrison match at WrestleMania that fans could be invested in. Yeah. And it would be a great way to get John Morrison back uh, reintroduced to the WWE Universe. Yeah, I agree. And he, and he wrestles like a face too, right? I mean, he's a yeah. high flyer. Uh, he does that Spanish fly off like the top rope as his finisher, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. That's That'd be good booking. I'd be down for it. Uh, his finisher, the Starship Pain. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Um, so that was cool. Let's talk about one, probably my favorite storyline going on right now on SmackDown. And that is the Otis, Mandy, I guess now technically Dolph story. So a couple weeks ago you know it started with with Mandy getting Otis a gift for Christmas yeah. then the smackdown we were at some ham uh yeah Otis giving her <laughs> um a fruit cake from his mom back which did look pretty gross yeah it did <laughs> but then Dolph getting involved kind of hitting on Mandy Rose and then destroying the fruit cake which 
might have gotten the biggest boo of the night in the, in the live sure. audience. I really so. Yeah, it was pretty loud. So then we get to this week where, you know, Mandy tried to talk to Otis, but Otis is obviously hurt by what transpired the week before. Yeah. And then um, he had a singles match, which was rare for Otis, against Drew Gulak. It was so good. And Gulak, before the match, was showing him a PowerPoint presentation of why Mandy Rose will never love him. I, I love Drew Gulak. Yeah. And this gimmick. Yeah. And um, which, of course, you know, fired Otis up. And Otis would end up beating Drew Gulak in that match. Yeah. But I honestly, Otis is probably one of the most over baby faces they have right now on Friday Night SmackDown. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They a, they've done a really good job with him. Um, and really... He's done a good job himself, right? I mean, I think so often it's easy to overlook the talent in the situation, but I think Otis has, like, knocked it out of the park, and it's just a good gimmick, man. He's just funny. Like, how do you not like this guy? Well, I mean, and this is all naturally, like, him. Yeah. Him, like, establishing months ago that he has a, you know, a crush on Mandy Rose. Like, this is all... This is all him. This wasn't like a storyline that they created, like the Lana, it's over. like the Lana Lashley thing, which is completely like one hundred percent. They came up with the story. This right. was something organic that they chose to capitalize on, and the fans are just eating it up. Like Otis is so lovable and good that he could turn Mandy Rose's face just 100%. by associating herself with him. Yeah, and they've been teasing more and more of a Mandy Rose Sonya Deville breakup. Yeah, which in my mind, I'd always figured if they broke up, Mandy would be the heel and Sonya would be the face. Yes, very odd. However, adding this Otis love story to the mix makes me think that it would be actually Sonya that would go heel if they broke up. Because if Mandy gets with Otis, she's going to be a babyface. Unless she rejects him, then she could become like the biggest heel on the women's roster. Yeah, dude. If she if she like rejected him in a mean fashion, yeah, wolf. I mean, that would be yeah. She could heal heat, man. She'd probably be hated. I right? mega hate it. Like yeah. you, you break Otis's heart. The internet will come for you. Yeah, because I, I agree. I don't know if there's a storyline going on right now that I see just more love for on social media than this one. People yeah. genuinely care for this. all over Otis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's my favorite thing going on SmackDown. I enjoyed the Braun Strowman Cesaro match. I wish Cesaro. I wish Cesaro got pushed a little bit more. Yeah, I don't know, man. I. <laughs> I guess at this point with Cesaro, it's kind of like I'm happy he's on TV. Right. That, yeah, I was <laughs> gonna know? say like at least he's being used consistently. Yeah, compared to what cool. was happening. Yeah, I mean no. at least he and he has like good spots too. I mean he at least gets to show off some offense. I thought I thought in person when he had that uppercut on Kofi. Oh. I mean that was like sick, right? I mean I was really happy to see that. That looked brutal. That <clears throat> yeah. was that was and I, and I kind of like that little faction, right? With him and yeah. Uh, Nakamura and Sami Zayn. I don't know what what connects them. If it's just like Sami Zayn is taking all the guys who are really good at working and underused, and that's like his. Well, steez, they call him. They cool. call him like the Great Liberator yeah. or whatever. So. I like it. I like. And he's it a also lot. taking guys too that yeah aren't yeah. that great on the mic necessarily. Yeah. Uh, Take, he, I'm get Ricochet in there, man. Throw. Well, I mean, well, you have him. to turn Ricochet heel to do that, but yeah, I don't know what they're doing with Ricochet. That's. A conversation for another day. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the main event because I wasn't necessarily pumped for this main event going into it, but it ended up being a very uh, effective and fun main event, I thought, because it was um, Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns against Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin, which yeah. it, the one one of the issues I've had with SmackDown over the past, since its debuted, really, is it seems like 
almost every main event is some sort of Baron Corbin related segment. It like, is, like, yeah. like we're not mixing it up a lot. So seeing this, I no, was man. like, ugh, okay, I don't know how great this is going to be. And um, part half of what happened. I kind of expected, which The Fiend got involved at the mm-hmm. end, towards the end of the match. Daniel Bryan looks like he has the match won. Lights go out. Fiend appears, takes him out. That's fine, and I thought it was still good. It was still effective yeah. um, for their story. However, after that, The Fiend disappears. Roman's checking on Daniel, his partner, who has been taken out. Yep. And he gets jumped again by Dolph and Corbin. They jump him. They handcuff him to the ropes, and out comes the dog food again. And at this point, I was I was really nervous. I was like, "Not this again!" Yeah. I'm so done with the dog food. They almost had you. But before they could dump the dog food on him, we get our third return of the night, probably the best one of the night. We get the return of the Usos for sure. Great who, stuff. Who come down, take out Dolph, take out Corbin, make the save, and they yeah, and they save Roman to end the show. Um, I really enjoyed how SmackDown went off the air. I thought it was it was unpredictable in terms. of in terms of that, and it's just great to have the Usos back. Yeah, and really smart to pair them with Roman Reigns. I think that this is something that fans have wanted for a really long time. I mean, I'll, I'll just speak for myself. Um, I love the Usos. I think that the pairing of them and Roman Reigns together makes logical sense, right? They are related, uh, and aesthetically makes sense. They all look alike, right? Like, this is... It's sort of the same thing with even Seth Rollins and the Authors of Pain. Like, it, they look right visually right like i, I don't know I, I never would have thought that before about authors of pain and seth rollins but sure like, looking at them now it's like okay this makes sense right i can yeah. i can get this uh cool stuff dude like a really really good segment yeah it, it, i'm just really excited because the usos are probably the best tag team in For the sure. world in my opinion and, and this is how you and this is how you bring someone back right yeah it, it, no one knew that they were going to be there right they came in as a surprise and it was a legit a legit moment my only thing is, do you think that the Raw Tag Team Division could have used them more? That's a pretty fair point. I I don't know. I don't know if they plan on bringing up anyone soon from NXT, given that they have a thin division down there. Very, very thin. But uh, I'm not sure, because right now, who's on Raw? It's OC, Street Profits, uh, Viking, Viking Raiders, Raiders, AOP. AOP. You know, isn't that it, I think? Uh. Those, I mean, you have Ryder, like you have like Ryder and Hawkins, um, but they were made to be dorks, though. Right. That's why I was thinking maybe the Raw tag division needed a little more because yeah. you go to SmackDown, For you already sure. have the New Day, Revival. the Revival, Heavy Machinery. Yeah. Um, I guess Lucha House Party. Yeah, they really need some tag teams in WWE. It feels like. Well, and they've kind of been using Nakamura and Cesaro in that way too. Yeah. Or um, Ali and Gable. Why not? So, but. I'm just happy to see them back, and hopefully them returning means we'll be getting a Naomi return as well pretty soon. Yeah, I'd love that. The only thing about her is, part of the reason I was hoping the Usos would go to Raw was I thought Naomi would do well in the Raw women's division. Yeah. Because they definitely need more women, and um, I got to assume she's going to be on SmackDown if they're on SmackDown. You think so? I don't think they would split Naomi and Jimmy up. That's fair. They've, they've done pretty good about keeping couples together. Yeah, that's fair. I guess that's true. Because I can't think of any couples that are currently split up. Yeah, um, Renee Back. and John Moxley. Okay, LOL. well, that's a completely different LOL. situation. But, like, <laughs> you, you know, Becky and Seth and Charlotte and Andrade are yeah, all there. No, no, which it makes sense. You saw Charlotte and Andrade got uh, engaged, engaged over. Engaged, I did, yeah. On New Year's Eve. Um, I think that Ric Flair was on Busted Open Radio. That's what I was listening to. Uh, and he spoke about their relationship, and it was very nice. Um, he just talked about how he's, like, a man's man, and he really takes care of Charlotte, and they seem to be in love, so... 
That's what's up, man. I'm glad that they're happy. And they're engaged. And also, Ric Flair said he thinks Andrade's a top five wrestler right now in the world. Um, Wow. In terms of like everything or just I, work rate? No, I think it, in terms of everything. I mean, I would say maybe in WWE. I don't know about the world. I just watched uh, Wrestle Kingdom this past weekend. Mm. And I mean, he's got to pump the brakes there. <laughs> well, I mean... I think Ric Flair is probably going to talk up his son, yeah. in, his future son-in-law now, sure. right? Yeah, but hey, I'm, I'm glad they get along too, you know. Yeah, but that also wasn't the only wrestling-related engagement because no. um, apparently Nikki Bella and her boy are yeah, engaged. Yeah, I saw this. Ardum. Well, they they got engaged a while ago, from what I read. I think they said they November, November, yeah. and they kept it a secret, which is cool. I'm all that, no, that one I'm not on board with. No, why not? I have never been happy after. The way her and John Cena's relationship ended, Dude. bro, will always bother me. I mean, there John... is no, you cannot convince me that she did not leave John Cena for him. I don't think. Well, I think that John Cena didn't commit, right? From what I could tell, John Cena. <laughs> I will defend him. Def- I will defend. He okay. Look, 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 look. He said what he said about that he wouldn't get married, he wouldn't have kids. He's she, a fool. No, no. If she if she had, you know, eventually broken up with him because of that, I would have totally understood. But then he changed his mind on the marriage thing. And he said, I love her so much, I'm going to marry her. Like, that's a big deal. But he still didn't want to have kids. And then, and then she broke it off for that reason. She said, you know what? I want to have kids. I still get it at that point. Then he comes back to her and says, you know what? I, I'm willing to have kids with you. If that's what it takes for us to be together, I'll do that. So they get re so they redo it. No, they got back together, and then a little bit later, then she broke it off again. And That's at that he point, gets. he had changed his mind on those two things that he well, was dead set late. on it's too to late, be with man. her. You shouldn't have to change your mind anyway. You should be on board. I'm just saying, Grow like up, he, John. he he. What else could he have done though? Because he had changed his mind, and then she still broke it off, and then got with Artem, who it seemed like she already kind of liked when she was with John, and I think. You can't convince me that she didn't already feel that way for Artem. Because I don't think it was that long after she broke up with him that they got together. That'll never... I mean, if that's the case, you know she'll never admit to that. You just can't convince me otherwise. It's it's over for John Cena. That's what he gets. You can't play around too long, man. You can look, but you can't touch. You know? He did a lot of touching. He Well, (laughs) not enough. Not enough touching of the heart. Oof. (laughs) John Cena seemed like a gentleman on Total Divas and Total Bellas. So I don't know. And I hope to see him back soon. Yeah, we'll that see. That would be nice. Okay, anyways, let's move on from the love. <laughs> let, let, let's talk about Monday Night Raw. Um, controversial opening segment to Raw. Yeah. We start off with our WWE champion, Brock Lesnar, who we have not seen since Survivor Series. <clears throat> he comes out. And I'm going, are we going to find out what he's doing at the Royal Rumble? Because I literally have no idea who's going to challenge yeah, man. him. Paul Heyman pretty much says the same thing. Who's going to challenge him? So what does he say? He says, let everybody challenge him. Brock Lesnar's going to enter the Royal Rumble match, and he's going to do it at number one. And I went, you know what? That's kind of interesting. He's defending the WWE title in the Royal Rumble, and he's going to go number one. I'm like, that maybe makes you a way that you could get the title off him but still protect him. So is he defending the title? Well, that's the thing. That's what I thought, and I was on yeah, board with that. I'm like, see. He could get eliminated and lose the title, and you could right. say, oh, you know, that person never beat him. No, the title's not on the line, and now I have an issue with it. Yeah. Because huh. Brock Lesnar is the WWE champion. He should not be able to compete in the Royal Rumble. They should make him defend that title. I agree. Because what happens if he wins? Yeah. Does he get to choose his own opponent at WrestleMania? Yeah. Does he get to go after the Universal title? Like, uh, what happens yeah. if he wins? 
if he was defending the title in that match, I'm fine with him being in it. But just being in it, and just because for really no reason, honestly, it, it, to be honest, it takes me off. Yeah, so this would be a situation where, like, in a, if I were fantasy booking it, I would just go and, like, left field and I would have Brock Lesnar win and then challenge the Fiend and then lose to the Fiend and then re- he's like back wrestling on Raw every week. Like just completely changes. <laughs> the Fiend his, changes yeah, him into wanting to his, work. <laughs> his contracts and now he loves wrestling. Um, it's an interesting choice. Did you see what Bully Ray had to say? I that, didn't. So no. he said that he, if he were booking it, um, that he would have CM Punk come back and eliminate Brock Lesnar, and that would be his booking. Now, I don't agree with that. CM I don't know Punk would, is not coming I, back. I, agree. I don't know if I would like that, uh, but I think that it, it to me, highlights the issue with WWE, which is like they're not all that creative, and then when they get creative, it's something like this that doesn't make sense, right? I mean, Lesnar, in theory, competing in the Royal Rumble sounds cool, but in practice it's illogical right like even from a even from a pure character perspective this is a guy who's not on raw every week right like you would make the argument that he's i wouldn't say necessarily dodging competition but that he's not he's not a fighting champion right if he were you can describe him as lazy almost he's like a prize fighter and the idea that he's just like well i want to go out here and now compete in the royal rumble it just does not make sense. And and listen, maybe this could end up good. Maybe they'll have, you know, maybe Kofi Kingston comes out and eliminates Brock Lesnar. And now you're setting up something, you know, granted they're on different uh, rosters. Brands, but yeah. like, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, it is a legitimate concern that I have now. Look, of what's going to happen? As long as he, he's not going to win. I'll tell you that right now. He's not going to win. What's going to happen is whoever ends up eliminating him is probably the person he's going to fight at WrestleMania. Yeah, that's probably how they're going to set up his WrestleMania. Dio feud. Madden, and you know what? You know what? You know, it'd be awesome. Whoever comes out number two eliminates him. Yeah, I, and then we just don't have to go the whole match. Dio Madden. I can't imagine Brock Lesnar working an entire Royal Rumble match. Don't be surprised if we get a Roman Reigns situation from a couple years ago where he gets taken out and then lays on the floor for like twenty minutes. Do you think just that, so he can make it to the end? Um. So with the Royal Rumble. Is it just if you win, you can challenge for anything? Isn't that how it works? In the past, they've said that you could choose which world title to go after at WrestleMania. Yeah. And I think that's probably still going to be the case. Unless they're really trying to say, no, if you're on SmackDown. Because they could say, if a SmackDown guy wins, they're challenging for the Universal. And if a Raw guy wins, they're challenging for the WWE. Right. They can do that. So who would we... Because, I mean, I guess he's not going to win, right? So who would I you, don't honestly who believe would he you will. hypothetically pick to eliminate him? Because that feels like that's how they're going to set up the well, feud. Well, it would have to be a Raw guy. Yeah. Unless the person who eliminates him wins. Yeah. Because if a SmackDown guy eliminates him and wins, then they could technically, if they're doing that rule, could come over and challenge him. So, like, I mean, Kofi Kingston would be... Sure. The, theoretically. The he'd have to win, pick, though. Or even Big E, right? Sure. If they won. But I think on Raw... I mean, are we going to get Rollins versus uh, Owens as a match, or are they going to be just in the Rumble? I would assume just in the Rumble. Yeah, and then you get into the conversation of, like, what does this do to the rest of your card? Because I typically have liked the fact that the Royal Rumble is usually uh, one Rumble, right, title matches, tag match, women's match, or, you know, maybe you don't have a women's match, whatever, Rumble, right? Like, I, I like that format, and now it's like... What are we going to get in terms of matches? Well, as of right now, we have the two Royal Rumble matches. Yeah. We have 
The Fiend and Daniel Bryan, and we have Becky and Asuka. Yeah. I assume we'll probably get Bailey and Lacey. For sure. Because we're getting Lacey and Sasha tomorrow on SmackDown. That's going to set it up. It, yeah. I'm sure Lacey will probably beat Sasha and then, you know, go on to fight Bailey at the Rumble. Other things I could see, I mean, they could possibly do the New Day versus Miz and Morrison. Um, we could see Strowman and Nakamura for the Intercontinental title. Okay. We could see Ray and Andrade for the United States title. Okay. Um, so I, I, there's a few matches I could see taking place. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we could theoretically get an iteration of Seth and AOP against Kevin, Samoa, whatever, and, and them also be in the rumble. I mean, there have been people that have pulled double duty before. Yeah. So I definitely think there's options. Something could go, be going on with Rusev and Bobby Lashley. Who knows? In fact, today I was even compiling a list of who I think could be in the rumble. And people are saying that NXT is going to have a, um, a huge impact on the rumble this year. Well, yeah. I was able to put name wow. thirty main roster guys that should be in the Rumble. Um. Well, wait. Well, hold on. If you're going to do NXT, are you picking any one of them well, to I'm, come up and eliminate? They're saying NXT, but I was able to make a whole Rumble of just well, let's hear it. of just thirty men without NXT. Well, let's hear it. Okay, so these are the people confirmed so far: Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Ricochet. Eric Rowan and Drew McIntyre. They're all confirmed. Okay. So How these many are is the that? Pe- what? How many is that? That Eric, is Eric seven. Rowan? Yeah, I know, right? That's oh seven. So here are people that I just named off the top of my head that I feel like deserve to be in the Rumble. Seth Rollins. Kevin Owens. Right. Samoa Joe. Okay. The Miz. Okay. John Morrison. Yeah. Kofi and Big E. Yeah. Sheamus. Mustafa mm-hmm. Ali. These are fair picks. Chad Gable. No, I don't know. Shorty well, G. Cesaro. Shinsuke yeah. Nakamura. Okay. Braun Strowman. Yeah. Elias. Baron Corbin. You put Sami Zayn in there? No. Baron Corbin, huh. Dolph Ziggler, Rusev, Bobby Lashley, Alistair Black, Buddy Murphy, Andrade, Rey Mysterio. And then I had one spot left, and I was like, maybe somebody like Otis could get Yo in there. Yo, man, dude, he's going to be in the well, Rumble. Well, I'm just saying, he I has can to name, be in the Rumble. I could name 30 guys, though, without NXT. So I'm just wondering, I don't know how they're going to do the Rumble this year. Well, I think that, as you were saying earlier, I don't think Andrade or Mysterio will be in it, right? That shows up two spots. If they if they give them a match and decide not to have them pull double duty, then that's a way to open up spots. You but, could potentially see a match between Owens and Rollins at the Royal Rumble. I would I be it. shocked if they weren't in the Rumble. They're too big yeah, of names. But you could, it's potential. Um, I think that if you're going to see anyone from NXT... Um, maybe it'll be Matt Riddle. That's what I was thinking. You I know? mean, everybody's talked about I mean, Matt Riddle's made it very apparent he wants to fight Brock Lesnar at some yeah. point. Um, and I, I think if I'm correct, I read a rumor that Vince likes Matt Riddle or is really high on him or something. Um, I mean, he's a big guy. Like, he's got the body that Vince likes, right? I don't see why not. And if you're getting multiple, another guy that I wouldn't be shocked to see in there would be Keith Lee. Yeah, that'd I mean, be great, dude. After, after the showing he had at Survivor yeah. Series. Oh, what if we get Keith? I mean, that would be the smartest thing is to have Keith Lee come in and at, and at least eliminate Brock Lesnar, right? Wow, I don't know about going that far. That'd be crazy. I mean, um, that would at least be something entertaining. There's rumors about Cain Velasquez being in it. Oh, man. I mean, if that's where they're going. See, oh. see, okay. If the WWE title had been on the line, picture this. This would have been a great scenario. WWE title is going to be on the line, right, right, in this Rumble. At some point, Cain Velasquez comes out and eliminates Brock. Cain Velasquez does not win the Rumble, but he eliminates Brock, costs him the title. the title. Then we get Brock and Kane again yeah, at WrestleMania. You have a blood feud. No title. Yeah. Perfect way to get the title off Brock and protect him. 
Yeah. But why 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 do something like that? Yeah. Why do something logically, right? And then yeah. and then you could have had somebody like Drew McIntyre win. Or or maybe you let Seth Kev- win. Yeah, or Kevin Owens. But but the thing about this, let Seth win with the help of AOP, gets booed out of the building. Now Seth enters Mania as that like really hot heel mm-hmm. and he fights somebody like Kevin Owens or Samoa Joe at WrestleMania and they get that big moment of beating Seth. Yeah. I just I just gave you like two high profile yeah, matches man. by getting the title off of Brock. And I don't know what I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know I really either. Don't. Uh, we'll talk about their segment in a little bit, but let's 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 talk about other stuff that happened on Raw. We we ranted about Brock enough, I think. Yeah. Um there was a title match as the first match of the night, and it was Rey Mysterio and Andrade for the U.S. title. I want to preface this with, I thought this match was really, really good. Rey and Andrade, you put them in the ring, they'll tear it up. I thought the ending to the match was kind of wonky. I don't know how you felt about it, um, but it seemed like there was almost a miscommunication of how the match was supposed to end. Yeah, I don't know. It was very odd. Well, because, remember, so, you know, Rey inadvertently took out Zelina, because of Andrade. Yeah. Andrade beat him up, got him in the ring. He went for his hammerlock DDT, and the ref pulled him off Ray. Was like, yeah. no, no. Told Ray to get out. Ray went out of the ring. Yeah. And then started being sad again about Zelina. And then the ref told Ray to get back in the ring. Yeah. He did, and he got hit with the DDT and lost. And I was like, <laughs> why was the ref pulling yeah, him off? The match. Um, it was so it was so weird. Very bizarre. Um, we then they then took the mask off Rey Mysterio, right? Which Andrade just seems to love to do. Um, which I guess is odd because Andrade doesn't wear a mask, and so this like if, if they well, both, used to though. If they both wore masks, right? You would say that this is now naturally bleeding bleeding leading to a mask match right but given that he doesn't wear a mask i look at this and i'm not quite sure where it's going because first and foremost he's already gotten the mask off of Rey mysterio um and secondly he doesn't wear one so maybe this is just like trying to add more to this to make it a blood feud well but for a long weird. time because he's done this a few times to ray for a long time i've seen on social media every time he does this people going oh it's gonna lead to a mask versus hair match yeah huh um, okay. I don't know if Andrade should lose his hair. No, I wouldn't like that. And I don't think Ray should lose his mask. So no. I don't know about that necessarily. But don't forget, because I think this feud's going to carry on to the Rumble. He still has unfinished business with Umberto. That's true. And they've been keeping him off TV, selling that injury. So don't be surprised if Umberto shows up, you know, maybe at the Rumble and, and helps Ray. Or maybe they hold him off and make that Andrade's next feud. I don't know. but Either way, I'm interested. Andrade continues the streak, though, of only feuding yeah, with Mexican I, wrestlers. I, I, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> that makes no sense. It's very I, odd. It's a right? joke. It's a running joke my brother and I have that Andrade yeah. can only exclusively feud with other Mexican wrestlers. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. But I, I do like the the position he's in, man. It's good stuff. He's a good wrestler. I, I mean, yeah, because you didn't get a chance to talk about it, how he won the U.S. title yeah, at a live at event. A ho- at a house show. Yeah. Um, which I think is good. I think that that's... I think that you should do more things like that, in my opinion. I don't... I think they do it just enough. Like, rarely it happens. Because if it happens too often, it's just going to get annoying to people that, like, well, why can't we see the title changes? Like, That's fair, but I think that it helps put over house shows, you know? No, yeah, but, like, once every year or two is probably sufficient enough. And as long mm-hmm. I never want the world title to change hands at a live event because that's, a, that's already, you know, whatever. Every house show. <laughs> that's already rare enough. We don't need it happening on a live event. Um, there was another title match on Monday Night Raw. We won't spend that much time on it. Viking Raiders retaining the Raw tag titles against the Street Profits and the OC. 
to me, it was the obvious choice because you got to believe they're building to them against AOP, right? Yeah, I would assume so. But I guess they're probably. I would guess they're holding that off till Mania, because I feel like yeah. that you could get a high profile if you build up AOP. Like AOP doesn't lose, Viking Raiders don't lose. That's a that's a colossal collision when they finally collide. That's a lot of c words. The, <laughs> yeah, the Raw tag team division is kind of just treading water right now. I feel like. It's, right. it's hard. It's hard because there's not a lot of tag teams. Well, yeah, that, and I feel like they're tr- they're trying to make the Viking Raiders this unbeatable team, right? So the yeah. only way you can do that is by having to beat everybody. Now, when you do that with a single superstar, there's so many more people to beat. Right? Tag teams, you only have a handful in the division, so you run through them really fast. So you run into this thing where it does feel like they're treading water. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the position they're in because the SmackDown tag team division seems in a little bit of a better shape because. Anybody can kind of beat anybody at any time, and you right. know, if you throw the revival and the new day out there again, which I don't recommend you do, you could still reasonably see the revival winning. So, yeah, I agree. The raw the raw tag team division isn't in the best place. Becky's officially gotten her match against Asuka at the Royal Rumble. It is finally happening, and um, she actually got the upper hand on Asuka this week. Sucker yeah, punching her. Uh, uh, does that make any sense? Does she sucker punch Asuka? And just the fact that she laid her out. Like, it doesn't... It's, uh, they've been building the storyline that, you know, maybe Becky can't beat Asuka. And right. she's the one opponent. And that's like, the first interaction they have in 2020, she lays her out. Like, this should have been... They should have built to this for a while. But you can argue that it was because Asuka was overconfident. Ridiculous. Overco- I mean, Asuka came out there and was just... I mean, who who knows what she was actually saying, but just running her mouth and, you know, being all waving her arms and kind of getting in Becky's face, like taunting her. And then Becky punched her and walked away. I doubt you see Asuka do that next week because, you know, Asuka is going to want revenge for what happened. So maybe it maybe it's just another another layer to their story of, you know, Asuka's overconfident that she could beat Becky and that Becky can't beat her. And now because of this, we might get a more aggressive and more serious Asuka because now she's she's mad that Becky did that to her and embarrassed her a little bit. We'll have to see. Maybe. So you you said you really like this AJ Styles segment that happened on Raw. And it was basically AJ Styles versus Akira Tozawa. And AJ Styles beat Tozawa with Randy Orton's moves. Um, and so what what why did you enjoy it? I just thought it was a good segment. It was just, I mean, I don't know if we've, we've seen that in a long time. First of all, I really like when wrestlers hit opponents with their finishers uh, in matches. I mean, I know this is not exactly what happened, but, like, as a general rule of thumb, I always think that that's really cool. Um, Sure, I can agree with that. And I think that in this situation, like, there's... I I like this rivalry a lot, actually. I like this storyline a lot. And I think that this was just a good segment and, like, really entertaining by AJ Styles to just mimic Randy Orton. Uh, and he seemed to enjoy it as well, right? Like, he seemed to have some... Well, fun. I think AJ Styles just loves healing off in general. For sure. And he's good at it, dude. Like, I don't know. Just two Southern two southern boys going at it. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I I liked this. I liked their segment from last week. I talked about it on the podcast, how I legitimately did think Randy was hurt. I don't care yeah. if all the news sites were saying it was a work. No, I agree. I thought he was hurt as well. Um, I, I, He did a really good job selling it. I mean, yeah. Especially when he was like, you know... I'm going to try to be back for Mania to RKO somebody. For sure. um, they got me. It was good stuff. I pointed out that maybe it being a work doesn't 
makes sense logically, but yeah, it's weird. I don't know. The way I made it work was I said maybe he did legitimately like tweak himself the night before, so they stopped the match, they checked him out. Turns out he was okay, and they decided to run with it and make it a story. Yeah, because otherwise you would. I said you would argue why would Randy Orton fake an injury to RK just so he could RKO AJ when he already At a was house show. when he was already in a match with AJ where he could have just done that. Right. I don't. know. That was the only way I could make it work in my mind. But I wanted to leave you plenty of time to talk. Because we've reached the Lana Lashley Rusev segment. Now you weren't here last week to talk about the wedding. I gave it a pass in terms of I know it's bad, but it was to the point where I, I was laughing the whole time. So I, it's not like I wasn't entertained. Yeah, that's so in, fair. In that way, I enjoyed it in terms of I was just having fun, being like, "What is even happening right now?" But I know you felt strongly about yeah. it. So I'm going to give you the floor <laughs> to talk about. This whole what's been going on with the storyline? Um, yeah, well, first we would be remiss to not bring up uh, the fact that this past week on Raw, um, as AJ Styles was exiting the ring, uh, <laughs> I guess the officiant from uh, the wedding showed up, and security did not know he was going to come in the ring. So you just see someone running into the ring in a suit, and next thing you know, two security guards are like on on top of him, you know, wrestling him. People are clearly confused in the crowd. The cameraman the was camera confused. just yeah. cuts away, right? Like, no one knows what to do. That was hilarious. Um, that is amazing, right? <laughs> like, that is just good TV. <laughs> and, like, a story for the ages. Poor but... guy. Just trying to do his job. Get, yeah, get ready for the next segment. Hilarious. Gets blindsided by two big security men. I guess here we are, man. And I guess at this point, they're just going to keep this storyline rolling because now... Uh, Liv has said that she's going to be in Rusev's corner, I think, for their match sure. next week. Yeah, they they basically what happened in this segment is they did finish their wedding. Yeah. Rusev was on a beach, which was clearly a beach and not yeah. a green screen, um, congratulating them. Did Bobby Lashley say he was going to rip off his uh, man parts and shove them down his throat? Yeah. Yeah, that is what Bobby said he was going to do to him. They, <laughs> they announced they're going to have a match next week on Raw. And then afterwards, in a funny segment with R-Truth included, Liv Morgan did say mm-hmm. that she would be in Rusev's yeah. corner. Why does Bobby Lashley hate Rusev? He Because Rusev is ruining him and Lana's love. Yeah. Despite them shoving it in Rusev's face. Yeah. I, I just... So, yeah. So, the wedding, right? It was weird. Um... Lana and Bobby Lashley's makeup came off on one another. Hilarious. Yeah, that was very comical. Um, and, you know, Rusev came out of the cake exactly what you would expect. I mean, at the beginning of the segment, I went, that that is a very suspiciously large cake. Yeah. The, the Liv Morgan twist, right? If you completely remove that and you just have the wedding interrupted by Rusev, Sure, it's a bland way to go about it, right? Pretty predictable, but logical, right? It is booking that it is booking that you could explain to a kid, right? Right. It's, it's booking that, like, if you're sitting there with someone who's never watched wrestling, they'd say, okay, I get what's going on here, right? But out of left field, you bring in a lesbian love story, right, that has no... No footing. There's no build to this. It's just, it's so illogical. It's so crazy. And here's here's the craziest part about it, right? It's not surprising. 
Right outside of the outside of the idea that it's Liv Morgan and Lana and them not, them not having like a real relationship before. Well, they a, they have been posting on social media pictures fair. of each other. A a woman being a lesbian is not a shocking revelation in today's age. Like this isn't this isn't something that I'm sitting on my couch and I'm like, wow, I've never seen this before. Like it yeah. is, it is. You know, it's 2020, man. Like, and so I feel like it's maybe WWE not being up with the times. But again, furthermore, like, what, where did this come from? Where did this come from? And then you have the tweets from Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville where they're just kind of like, what's going on? And, and, and uh, Dave Schilling, who used to write for WWE, he's on Twitter, he said that this was the uh, storyline originally written for them, right? That this would, that they were going to have some sort of like lesbian story. It did seem would, they were building to yeah, that. Yeah, and that was going to be their breakup and that this was just kind of like, taken to Liv and Lana. I mean, it they spent so much time building up Liv. It's it's just like the Emelina stuff, right? With Emma, where it's like they spent so much time building up to this character and it just the execution on day one when they're actually on TV live is just horrific. Well, I would say I think the Emelina thing was worse because they basically that went on way longer and then they immediately yes, changed it. I agree. That's which was fair. which was annoying. Um as far as this goes it appears to me that we're in for another twist next week. Yeah, man. Because um, I I feel like Liv's going to do something next week. I mean, she's going to make out with, like, Rusev or something, right? That I mean, just based on where this storyline has been, where else do they go? Like, it's been that way. It seems like, though, from what we got from her character this week, that she she has gone through a character change. Like, like it seems like she has like this plan that we don't know about yeah. and she's more calculating it and devious now. I hope so. Um, this story could probably go all the way to WrestleMania at this point. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, because they're getting a match this Monday and you know, another twist is coming. And at this point, I just don't see it ending by the rumble. Yeah. And if it's not ending by the rumble, it doesn't seem like the type of feud that'll end at elimination chamber. Which means it would go to WrestleMania. And who knows where we'll be in two months from now. Because, as you said, that came out of left field. Nobody saw that coming. I don't know what it's going to lead to. I mean, who knows? Maybe everybody will turn on Lana at one point. Because, if you noticed, Bobby Lashley told her to shut yeah, up this week. he finally did say something to her. And, man, I don't know. I, I guess I'm going to wait till the end of the story. But if that's the end result, and this is all just going to... To end in them burying Lana, like, man, I just don't get it. She, dude, she was so over for so long. I don't know. But she's done a, I guess though, you could say she's done a really good job getting sure. everybody to yeah. absolutely hate her. She's got heel heat. Part of that, part of it though, I do feel like it's kind of go away heat. Yeah, no, I, I think a lot of it is to be because she starts and, talking and I, it's so yes. incoherent and bad. And and I don't even know, I don't know if cause she's good at cutting promos. Like she's always been pretty good at the on the mic. Usually, so yeah. I don't know if this is like they're purposely giving her bad content, like with the Kevin Owens. What did she call him? Like a basic pizza eating something. To like, me, it, I felt like that was her making it up on the spot. I, and if that, but if that's the case, like first of all, WWE is known for notoriously scripting everything. Right. Why are you giving Lana so much free will? But secondly, like yeah. if that happens, you should make sure that it never happens again. And I don't know. Well, I, well, I question the material. Here's a theory, though. Maybe she goes off script sometimes, and they don't say anything because the story's been doing so well. They're just yeah. letting her go out there letting and do her thing. Because I feel like, like a lot of the times, she would stop the wedding to like yell at the crowd. I don't. 
I feel like that was just yeah. her. And right. and you can tell it's usually when she's yelling at the crowd. It's it's when she starts rambling that she just starts becoming incoherent. Yeah. Um. So I do feel like that is I her. But because of the story, they're just letting her do it. Yeah. So it's craziness. I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about in terms of the story next week. Yeah. So we'll see where that goes. Before we talk about the main event, I just want to give a shout out to Drew McIntyre because here's the thing. Raw has been having a lot of squash matches, I feel like, lately, especially with like Eric Rowan, and mm-hmm. I just could not care less, right? Right. That's fair. But Drew McIntyre has found a way week after week, I feel like, to make his squash matches really entertaining. Yeah. You know, he comes out, he beats No Way Jose, takes out the conga line. Gets on the mic, you know, talks about how it's nothing personal. He just hates conga lines. Yeah. And then he says, so he's not sorry about it. And it said, except for you, Cheeseburger, you seem like a nice guy. Yeah. Um, and then gets the crowd to cheer him on to Claymore kick No Way Jose again, who is the baby face. Gets him to count down with him. Claymore yeah, kick it's... and then kip up. I mean, the week before, he got the crowd to agree with him that Ryder and Hawkins were at a disadvantage fighting him two on one. Well, yeah, so they're, so he's a face now, right? Maybe not like a face in the traditional sense. But I, I still think he's technically he, a heel. He's clearly like got the crowd on his side. And while it is maybe not the not how I would try to get him over, I'm glad they're doing something with a man. Like, I think that he has this, he's a lot like John Morrison. Where it's like this is the best version that he could ever be, right? Like mm-hmm. if you were to if you were to think about his career, and I'm glad that he's getting time on TV and is now seemingly playing a significant role. And you know, you brought up the Brock Lesnar putting the the title on the line in the Royal Rumble, and yeah, Drew McIntyre could be a guy that I'd like to see carry that. Title. It would be criminal if he doesn't hold a world title before this year is done. Yeah, he is. He's got the look. He's really the complete package. He's yeah, got the he looks, wrestle the wrestling that, ability, and, and he can talk. And he wrestles that WWE style, too. Like, however really you well. want to define it. That's why I think when he and Rollins had those matches, they were so good because Rollins is the same. Like, whatever you want to define as the WWE style, Seth Rollins, like, he has perfected that. Or him an and Roman, form. really. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And I, there's some people that want him to be the one to beat Brock. I would be here I, for it. I, I, I honestly wouldn't be against it. And you know what? If they did want to turn him face, because I feel like they're at that point where they could. I'm not going to go as far as to say they have yet, because he is every week still fighting baby faces. Yeah. If they wanted to, I think I think he could be a very effective top baby face. And who knows? They could turn him baby face. The top faces on Raw right now are Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, Rusev, and Randy Orton. They these are guys that have been heels for good portions of their career. Soon to be Dio Madden. I'm going. Good lord. Let's <laughs> let's talk about the main event. Yeah. I want to tell you something Let's right wrap now. Wrap it up. <laughs> I I called the return. Yeah. So earlier in the show, they say, oh, we're going to get Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe and a mystery partner against Seth Rollins and the AOP. Samoa Joe says he's got a guy. Kevin Owens wants to know who it is. Eventually, he shows him in like a room. We don't see it. And he goes, whoo-hoo, you know, they're in trouble. So I was I was watching this with my girlfriend and it was right before the segment was about to air and she goes who do you think it is and i said well it's like i mean i feel like it's got to be somebody big right because yeah. if it's somebody that they're like oh they're in trouble it's got to be a big deal and i was like i don't know and i said it pretty much jokingly but i was like like big show yeah i said i mean he's a guy i said i don't i don't think it'll honestly be big show but somebody like him because that would make sense and I, and I threw out a couple names but then when they entered and we heard the wheel, it's yeah. so big. I mean, her jaw just just dropped. I was like, I wasn't being serious, but because we have not seen Big Show in a WWE ring in over a year, maybe yeah. close to a year and a half. 
Maybe with maybe for good reason. He got a good pop though. I guess, yeah. I mean, I I I thought this was Alistair Black, just given that they were in that room. Well, we had already like, seen Alistair Black. It's like the same type of room. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. What's most interesting is the fact that he laid out Seth Rollins and that we're now going to have a fist fight next week. Yeah, so the match ended I mean, in a disqualification because Big Show got the hot tag, but AOP grabbed, I think it was AOP that grabbed chairs, and, and they got themselves disqualified. They were beating them down, but the faces beat them off, and then Big Show hit Rollins with the WMD, which I personally love the WMD because people sell it. When they yeah. sell it well, it's hilarious. Yeah, like Seth fair. sold it extremely yeah, well. Yeah, he sold it really well, for sure. Yeah, but now they announced we're getting the same match next week in a fist fight, and apparently nobody knows what that means. I mean, what do you? I don't. I don't even understand. It's one of two things. It's either a fancy way of saying a no DQ match because you know they do like street fights. Yeah. So that could be it, or it's going to be some convoluted, weird type of match where I don't know. Maybe you can only punch or something. I, it's going to be. It's Paul Heyman, yeah. so it can be a lot of things. I don't know. Yeah. Next week's Raw. I don't know if they're trying to build a big show because it's going up against the national it feels championship like game. A big show because it's going up against the national yeah. title game. But we're getting that match, and then we're also getting AJ Styles and Randy Orton, mm-hmm. Bobby Lashley and Rusev, yeah, and Alistair Black, Buddy Murphy Part Three again. Which I don't really understand, given that he's beaten Buddy Murphy. Well, the story they're telling twice. now looks like it's Buddy Murphy saying, "I know I can beat you. I know I can beat you." Yeah. Like he's obsessed with proving he could beat Aleister Black. You it's know, like a, it's like a mini uh, Sean Undertaker at WrestleMania. That's fair. That's fair. And maybe, maybe Buddy might get the win this time. He has. I mean, you have to give him a win, even if it's by roll up. I can't see Dude, why they would do a third match if Buddy's not going to get the win. You can do any kind of nuanced take, man. I mean, but. You know, Buddy Murphy and Aleister Black are are shoving each other, and someone gets knocked into the ref. You know, low blow. Yeah, Aleister Black hits the black mass. There's no count, right? And then he's hit with a finisher while he's trying to get the ref back in the ring. Whatever. I mean, you can you can book it so that Aleister Black loses without losing any credibility. Yeah. Um, but it'll be a big show next week. Indeed. you know what? I will say, though, overall, I really enjoyed Raw and SmackDown this week. I thought it was a solid start to 2020. I mean, obviously, the show is going to have its ups and downs. But overall, I think I think it was better than than it was worse, if you, if you know what I'm saying. I agree. So they gave us a lot to talk about, that's for sure. And it looks like we might have a lot to talk about next week. Also next week, we want to get caught up on what's been happening on the, uh, the Wednesday night events, NXT, AEW. Um, yeah, man, lots to talk about. Before... Just, I guess, to give a little tease. I guess I my take is about AEW Yeah, I feel like AEW is more like WWE than, than NXT is. That mm. is my take That's interesting. going into next week. And we can maybe talk about it a yeah, little bit more. Yeah, we should. I'd like to hear about this. But that is... That's how I feel. Thank yeah. you guys so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as we do. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>